For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, welcome to Believe Sports Biz Sports Media. Also, of course, heard on pod clips around the world. Um, I am Fred. You can email us at sportsfredadeo.com, sportsfredadeo.com. We talk media, we talk business, we really talk everything. Art Source uh, alongside, 3,000 miles away, of course, sort of like... Uh, the baseball games are being done nowadays uh, from 3,000 miles away. Art, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Fred. Great to be on with you. Just got my sports business journal, and uh, sad to say the NBA is really hurting in the big markets. And uh, I guess their ratings are down almost 50%, second worst of all time since they started doing the actual Nielsen ratings. Wow. All right, let's talk about the National Basketball Association right here on Believe uh, Sports Biz Sports Media, heard on pod clips around the world. Um, Phoenix is five or five and a half. Folks, we're taping this about 4.01 Pacific Daylight Time, two hours before tiff-off in uh, the Valley of the Sun. Phoenix, five or five and a half. However, Art, uh, in the last 24 hours, 57% of the money has come in on Milwaukee. Who do you like? Well, you know, I've been looking at this game. I won a little bit of money on the uh, the first game of the series. I thought Phoenix would come out roaring, and they did. And Paul had his 36 points. This game, you know, one thing i got to say about the NBA, Fred, they need to play as many games as possible because of that revenue, that, that word that starts with a G and ends with a D. Uh-huh. So I have a funny feeling that Milwaukee's going to play a great game, even up the series, and then we're going back to the Bruce City to see what happens in games three and four. All right, so you take the five and a half. Who would you take straight up? Oh, I guess you just told straight me. Up, straight, straight up. up I guess. take Phoenix. But uh, with the points, I would probably have to take, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a low-scoring, tougher game. I think both teams have settled down a little bit. I would probably take the under and probably take, uh, take, take. Uh, well, that's a tough one, man. You know, I'd have to take Phoenix just because, if Booker goes off, they're going to they're gonna score a lot of points. All right, so in a couple hours, we've got the second game of the NBA Championship Series. Already just indicated in Sports Business Journal that uh, uh, viewing audience is down like 50%. And uh, again, it's two smaller markets, although Phoenix is certainly not small. Uh, where, where is it ranked? Eighth or ninth, I think, in, in America. Yeah, but I guess- and they're doing great. Obviously, they're going to do great in Milwaukee. They're going to do great in the, in the Phoenix metro area. But markets like Los Angeles, Philly, New York, Chicago, New York's down like 56%. Chicago wow. down 51%. Philly down 48%. L.A., which is a basketball city, as we know, both the Clippers and the Lakers. That's our, you know, how I grew up there. You, you've been there for years. You would think they'd have, they'd draw pretty well there. They're not. They're flat as a pancake. All right. Uh, in baseball, the uh, Pasadena Strangler, alleged Strangler, uh, got his MLB suspension ex- uh, expanded, extended another 
week or so. I think it's going to end up much longer than that. But what are your comments about uh, Mr. Trevor Bauer? What if I told you he may never pitch again in the major leagues? Wow. I've heard, uh, one of my, one of my best friends is a prosecutor in the DA's office down in Orange County. Right. And she indicated to me that this is really troubling. I mean, this woman had two bl- two black eyes. I mean, absolutely pummeled. Um, you know, it's not looking good. And now with Clayton Kershaw going out on the IL with some, um, with some ligament problems in his forearm. You know, I, it's just an amazing thing. We thought how many pitchers the Dodgers had back in March, eight, nine guys competing for the five spots. And now they're down to three really good pitchers. And if, if things don't turn out real well for Kershaw, the Dodgers are going to be in the market with the Angels looking for some quality arms. All right. Instead of signing Trevor Bauer, and we knew – Many of his problems going in, his uh, anti-immigrant, uh, his anti-Jewish, his all his comments he's made about women and the whole thing. This is before this Pasadena thing allegedly happened. They could have gotten, a, and they're paying him $40 million this year, they could have gotten an Alex Wood type for $5 million or $4 million, something in that range, or a couple of Alex Wood types. I think that's a whole lot better than a Trevor Bauer, as you just indicated, may never pitch again. So... I, I, I honestly, Andrew Friedman, who must think he's the smartest man in the room, has proven he's not. Comments. Now, I got to be honest with you. You know, they Alex Wood would have been good. DeSclafani would have been a good pickup. You know, I actually thought the Dodgers, you know, would go after, you know, Madison Bumgarner because what's he doing in, in Arizona? That ball club can't win a game on the road. They hardly win a game at home. What a wasted career of a guy that's an Otani kind of player. Have you ever watched him hit? Fred, the guy can crush. I mean, <laughs> you know, he throw he threw a no hitter this year. How you know he's got to be, you know, considered as a pitcher. Why are these teams waiting with the impending, you know, trade deadline coming? What are they waiting for? Do they think something's gonna happen? I mean, you have to get there and be proactive. If they don't watch out, the Dodgers could wind up missing the playoffs because of the injuries, and now they have to hope that that $35 million they're paying David Price is going to pay off. That's where they have to turn right now. I think they're 1-8 and eight, uh, in the one-run games or something like that, uh, or maybe in extra inning games, but they don't do well in close games. Did they and win today to avoid the sweep in, uh, in, in, uh, six in to one, uh, yeah. Marlinsville down in Miami? Yeah, uh, Urias pitched well, 6-1, to one, the Dodgers win, so... They win four in Washington, lose three in Miami, win the last one in Miami, five and three. That's normally a good uh, road trip, but uh, when you win the first four, end up five and three, that's not necessarily good. But uh, the other thing about the Dodgers, I haven't watched every game. I got to be honest with you, and certainly not the road games because it's impossible for me to watch a game when the announcers are 3,000 miles away, and I'm not kidding you. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, it's just impossible. I agree with you, Fred. They don't feel it. I'm going to tell you something. Because of the amount of money they're saving these teams, you may see a lot more of this than we ever thought was going to be possible. And especially now with what's going on with the COVID-19, you know, the Delta factor, the variant, who knows what's going on? Look at the Olympics, Fred. They just said no fans in the Olympics, basically. Then you got ESPN imploding from within with the, you know, Rachel Nichols and the Maria Taylor deal. There's some things going on in this world that are absolutely wackadoo. Let me put you on the spot. Have you seen a Dodger catcher throw anybody out 
trying to steal a base all season Not long. Not since Johnny Roseboro. Okay, so I'm quite serious now. And again, I haven't watched all the games. And the road games, I haven't watched. The home games, I've watched most of them. The Dodgers must have the worst percentage. And I'm not putting it all on the catchers. It doesn't matter who's pitching. It They can't throw anybody out. And, of course, they lose one of the three games because Will Smith lost his mind. Uh, you know, if, if you're in a situation where one run beats you and the guy steals third base or close to stealing third base, you don't need to throw the ball because the bottom line, a base hit's going to beat you and a bad throw is going to beat you and a bad throw did, did beat them. And in that game, and uh, that was game two of the, of the four in uh, uh, Miami. But the point I'm trying to make is Will Smith's not the smartest. Uh, I don't know. He's not the, uh, you don't make a pat. You don't do that. I mean, I, I never played major league baseball. I knew well enough where, yeah, where well, not to throw. Thing, Fred, when, when you're in that situation, just take a bite out of the ball. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to tell you, the pitchers do such a terrible job of holding runners on. And great base dealers over the years, whether it be Lou Brock, Maury Wills, Ricky Henderson, they all say it's easier to steal third than it is to steal second. Oh I mean, no, I agree, but obviously, point. I mean, it really is. So again, if you're playing the Dodgers late innings, you get a single. It's really a double. Exactly. Because you know, you know, you're going to make second base. You're not going to be thrown out. I mean, again, I and I don't want to pick on the Dodgers, Fred, but the but the fundamentals in baseball, the game that I was brought up watching and loving in the '60s and the '70s, the fundamental plays that we took for granted watching all these years. Whoever's teaching these guys what they're doing in spring training, maybe it's because they come up from the big, you know, from the minor leagues a lot faster than they used to in the old days. But the guys are not well-versed on the small things that make baseball. Runner at second, nobody out. Your job as a hitter is to get the guy to third. No, they strike out. They pop up. I mean, they hit a ground ball to short. It's like, really, guys? I mean, All right. All right. So I'm eight, I, year, I'm, uh, I'm eight, years, of, I'm eight years of age. And uh, not now, but I, I, you know, a long time ago. I'm eight years of age. And uh, I'm playing Little League. And uh, they're trying to teach us how to bunt. And the coach said something I'll never forget. He says, the manager, the coach, I forgot now, but he says, don't flick at the ball. Let the ball hit the bat if you're trying like to punt. with the bat, right? That's what you do. You don't flick at it. And I'm watching major, and I wasn't a great hitter, but believe me, I was one of the great bunners you're ever going to find in Cover City, California. Anyway, because you were a scat back that could run. Not that fast, but quick. And I learned to bat left-handed, so then I got three extra feet. If I could bunt that way, yeah. and I did, I beat out a lot of bunts. My dad used to scream at me. He said, you bunted three times in five at-bats. I said, yeah, but I got on base two of the three. What do you want from me? Okay, so anyways, the point being, these guys haven't learned to bunt. They're flicking at the ball. If you flick the ball, you're going to follow the ball up, or you're going to hit it straight up, and the catcher's going to catch the, the pop-up. You don't flick it. Now, if I know that, and you know that, people listening right here and believe uh, sports business, sports media heard on uh, pod clips around the world, if we know that, how come the major league players don't know that? And I think he just gave us the answer because they come up too early or they don't care. They're looking for the home runs, and uh, bunting's not going to make you a lot of money. You remember in our day, every once in a while, you'd hear about the Earl Weaver style of baseball, get a couple guys on, wait for the three-run home run. Yeah. Hey, that's wonderful. I just watched the Yankees in Seattle, and they had 23 batters in a row go down. They weren't trying to you know, hit the ball to right field. They're swinging it, sliders in the dirt. It was like, remember the old traditional getaway days? Yeah. It was getaway day for the Yankees. They couldn't wait to get on the plane or fly to Houston because that's going to be one heck of a series 
It's the first time the Yankees are going back to Houston since the debacle of banging the trash can or, you know, was it Robert De Niro banging the drum slowly? I don't know. But you know what I'm saying, Fred. And uh, you just mentioned that game. Guess who wasn't doing the play-by-play? None of the Yankee announcers that I've ever heard. John Sterling wasn't doing it. Do you know why he wasn't doing it? Because the game, uh, let me tell you why, folks, this is really astounding. You know, Fred's upset uh, with uh, trying to watch a game when the announcers are 3,000 miles away. But Wednesday night in Seattle, um, the Yankees hit a home run in the uh, second inning. And again, that's John Sterling uh, uh, back at uh, the WFA. Was that that a judge home run? Aaron Judge hit a home run in the first or second inning. And, uh, you know, he called it like he always calls it, uh, uh, John Sterling. He's been doing it forever. Okay, fine. But he's in the WFAN studios in New York. Okay, fine. And then uh, they come back from commercial, like in the third inning, and on the monitor, they're playing that home run. And John Sterling thought that Judge hit another one. So he starts calling it as if it was another home run. And then he says, what the heck am I supposed to do? And I think that's why he didn't do the play-by-play today. I think uh, uh, he's upset by not traveling. And again, you know what I discovered, and I didn't know this. I thought the teams usually paid for the announcers on the road, the hotel. The, the no, the play. stations actually have to pay the teams for them to be on the flight. That's it. And, and a lot of these uh, networks are very, very cheap, and they found a way out during the pandemic. But you can't use that as an excuse anymore. If you're pushing for full capacity as far as the fans are concerned, I don't think you can say, well, I don't want our announcers. I think it's unsafe if our announcers go to Seattle. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, the hell yeah. with the 56,000 paying fans. Right. But we're concerned about our announcer. So if I'm John Sterling, I agree with him. And as a fan, I'm going to say this again. I cannot watch a road game if the if the, if the announcers aren't there. The, the, feel, the feeling is, when I try to watch a Dodger game, or Hershiser's at Dodger Stadium, the Dodgers in Houston or in uh, Miami or in Washington or something, I know where he is. They even tell you where where they are. I know. It's, it's, I know. It, it's not the same. Fred, it, years ago, years ago when I did AAA baseball in the Phoenix area for the, the Scottsdale Scorpions, the ex-Phoenix Giants, they had to change their name. You know, we did we did recreations of the games. Yeah. And, you know, for years when I did the pregame show for Prime Sports on Suns Basketball, you know, I would I would talk with the, the, the great Suns announcer, who I'm really hoping the Suns win, just so Al McCoy can, can share in all this. He deserves to have a ring after all the years he's put in. But, but Al McCoy used to call the games, all the games, from the studios, old-fashioned were, whap, boom. Snap. You know, I mean, they, they, it was all done off the AP ticker. Yeah. And he said one time the ticker went down and he had one hitter in there fouling off like 35 pitches. Okay. So, uh, and then, used to, and then uh, a rain delay popped up out of nowhere. Oh my God, it's pouring down. <laughs> okay. So, folks, you're listening to Believe Sports Business Sports Media, heard on uh, pod clips around the world. And talking about that, um, I used to do, uh, Dodger Talk, Sports Talk with uh, Stu Nahan, who used to be oh, Bob Kelly, Bob Kelly's assistant, uh, along with Jim Healy, on uh, KMPC Sports at Six for all those years before Bob left and they passed away at the age of 49. But anyway, the point is, KMPC at that point was right next door to a bar, and Bob liked to drink. This is Stu telling me this story. And... Um, so Stu would do an inning or two, and Healy would do an inning or two, and then Kelly would do the rest. So they're on the road, 
and uh, they think they're in Sacramento, but they're not traveling like you just indicated, and they're just reading the AP wire. And then um, uh, Bob Kelly went to the bar, and he's coming back to do the next inning, and he starts urinating outside the window. But Stu hears that on the air. So Stu Nahan says, now this is what he told me, he says, a sudden rainstorm in Sacramento. Uh, we're going to have to take a timeout. And that's that, that, that's like the fun- Bob Kelly says Bob, on the window. Bob Kelly was urinating next to the window, and it was heard on the air. <laughs> that's one of the funniest I'll tell you, man, I, what, what amazes me, I mean, I, I remember sports talk radio in the halcyon days of Los Angeles. And I mean, the only one that my top best story is when Ray Malavasi was on the, the yeah. early morning show with Robert W. Morgan, I believe it was. Yeah, it was. And, and, and he fell asleep. And all you could hear when he's asked a question, and you hear Ray. <laughs> all right, final question of the day right here on Believe Sports Business Sports Media. Heard on pod clips everywhere. Rachel Nichols uh, made the comment. Uh, uh, didn't get the job she wanted uh, on ESPN. Maria Taylor got it, and and uh, she uh, and Rachel Nichols was uh, taped saying, I think it was because she was black, and uh, ESPN hasn't uh, done well with African Americans or minorities. That's all on tape. Diversity, yeah, yeah the whole. Diversity. Thing. Okay, so here's my question: Do you think Rachel Nichols remembers that her father-in-law was the late great Mike Nichols? Might that have got her? Again, again I never listen or yeah, watch. Fake nepotism has something to do. I'm not saying getting possibly getting the job. I'm not even saying getting the job. But what I'm saying is that, and she may be very good. I don't watch the in-studio shows on now, Fox. Are you calling or her Rachel Nichols or Rachel Nichols? No, uh, it's R-A-C-H-E-L. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is, I, I she, she the times I've seen her on the sideline, she's fine. Maria Taylor, the time I've seen her on the sideline, she's fine. I don't watch. The, uh, the the in-studio shows. But my point is, when she made that comment, do you think in the back of her head, well, maybe I got the first interview because my uh, father-in-law was Mike Nichols. And, and on Facebook, people disagree with me. They're not going to get the job for that reason. I'm saying, I don't know if she's going to get the job for that reason. It's the opportunity. The opportunity Fred. to get the job, I think that has to do with it. And I mean, can you really argue that? No, you can't. And I got to be honest with you. Talk about two girls who are, who are blessed in so many different ways. First of all, for Maria Taylor to turn down $5 million because yeah. she wants Stephen A. Smith money. Well, let me <laughs> explain something to you. You're good, kiddo, but not that good, all right? <laughs> and you look great in black leather pants, by the way. And the other thing I was going to say is, and Rachel Nichols, I watched her at the, uh, at the, the, you know, the game, the Lakers, excuse me, the Clippers in game six, I believe it was, from her sideline position, she didn't exactly throw out some wonderful, amazing, you know, caveats as to the ball game. I mean, she's good in a, in, a, in a studio setting, but, you know, part of this is just ridiculous. Two women that are, have great careers in sports, you know, and both of them highly successful. Wow. What's cooking? Seriously, right. now they're going to get in a cat fight over who should be doing this? I felt really sorry for the commissioner of the NBA. He's got enough problems, and he's he's being asked, you know, he's being asked about, you know, the Rachel Nichols, Maria Taylor problems. I'm like, oh, my God. Do you think that uh, Rachel Nichols gets uh, canned by ESPN? 
Yes, I do. I absolutely do. And uh, next time we'll see her, she'll be producing a movie. Hollywood. Uh, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Overnight America. Love everybody. Great show, Fred. Thanks. Art Source back in Pennsylvania. He used to kick for the Rams and the Trojans. Fred, who used to kick uh, not very well. Uh, you can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. Mario, thank you again so, so much because Fred can't even put a podcast together by himself. And we'll see you next week right here across America and around the world. Believe sports business, sports media, heard on pod clips everywhere around the world. Bye, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.